It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Halfway through this final week of May, this is the Locked On Syracuse Podcast. Thanks so much for checking out today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On to get $10 off your first box. And this week only, take advantage of an extra $5 off thanks to our friends over at Built Bar. Part two today of our interview with Eric Devendorf. Today's going to be a lot of stuff about his training and specifically one guy who Syracuse fans are interested in who he is training, and that is Buddy Beheim. On top of that, we'll talk about his work with the basketball tournament and Beheim's Army, his involvement there, because he's been one of those guys who's been around really since the start. And on top of that, we want to know what it was like to be Eric Devendorf on campus. What was the social scene like? for Devo. But before you get to all of that, be sure to check us out online everywhere at LO underscore Syracuse for the latest updates with the podcast. All right, let's get to it. Part two with Eric Devendorf. Well, I know a big reason why you ended up going to the draft was because you had a daughter. I think you've talked about that a little bit, but how much has becoming a father now shaped you as a person? Oh, I mean, tremendously. It's, you know, I'm responsible for, I got two little girls, nine and 11. So, um, you know, just responsible for two human lives. It's, it's a big deal. And it definitely uh, changed my perspective on things. Um, you know, obviously I, I have to put, you know, other people before myself now. And, and, um, and it can be a big change, especially when um, it's just been you. So, um, but it, it, it changed me for the better. And, um you know, that's those are the two best things that happened to me in my life is, is, is those two little girls. So um, they definitely, you know, changed me for the better and, and made me into a better person. Two other people that you, you play a big role in their lives are Buddy and Jimmy Beheim. I know you've been training with them a little bit during this quarantine period. Just starting with Buddy, I mean, how good can this kid be? Because this is a guy who may, maybe some people would jab at him that he's a coach's son, but when you've seen him play, obviously one of the better scorers from the Syracuse team of the past season, just how good can he be? Oh, you guys got, got some inside info, huh? <laughs> he he wrote that uh, the letter in the uh, <laughs> Athletic, and he talked about how you were coming over. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't see that then. Oh. <laughs> um, no, but I've 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 known those guys, uh, you know, since they were young kids. You know what I mean? So those are my guys. And and one thing about you know Buddy is. Um, he's going to stay in the gym. You know, one of the hardest workers I've ever been around every single day, um, you know, twice a day. He's uh, he's in the gym getting shots up, working on his game. He's in the weight room working on his body. And, um, yeah, me, him, and, and Jimmy, we've been getting it in. We've been working out, and then we've been playing one-on-one. And um, both those guys, uh, I've seen the improvement just over the last month um, in their game, you know, putting the ball on the ground, being aggressive, um, you know, not, not playing – being afraid of making mistakes, just, just playing ball freely. So um, th- those guys are going to be, you know, whatever happens next season, those guys are going to be ready to go ahead and, and um, you know, have a, have a breakout year, both of them. Buddy obviously made a ton of strides this year, kind of adding more of that right, mid-range yeah. shot to his game. What are some things that maybe you're working on with him to make another leap next year? What are some specific things that he could improve on? Uh, well, I think specifically just you just want him to put the ball on the ground a little bit better. Uh, 
you know, getting to the rim, being aggressive, being able to be creative, finishing the basketball, um, and then just sharpening up everything else. You know, like you said, he developed that mid-range game, being able to get to that spot and pull up. He's six six, so um, you know he can pull up and, and rise above those those defenders and. Um, you know, just being confident in himself. You know what I mean? He's in the gym every single day um, doing what he's supposed to do. Uh, you know, believe in yourself, believe in the work that you put in, and, and that goes a long way. So, uh, yeah, a big a big thing is him um, putting it down the deck a little bit better and, and then, you know, working on his quickness and thing like that, things like that. But um, really just sharpening up everything else as well. What's one thing that is going to surprise people about him next season? Um, I think his ability to to finish at the rim. I mean, you know, he's he's gotten a lot better uh, at his balance and his strength, and um, I think being able to be creative at the rim. So, um, you know, when you go up there and, and the defender takes something away, you know, he's able to adjust and uh, maybe finish with his left hand or, or something like that. So, uh, you know, I think I think they'll be surprised at um, how creative he he's going to be finishing around the rim and. Um, you know, being able to get to his spots, his handles improved as well. So um, just being able to get to spots on the floor, like you said, using that mid-range pull-up and then um, being able to finish at the rim as well. And then obviously all that's going to open up his his, his three-point shot, which is, uh, you know, A1. I want to ask you about TBT a little bit because it's been really a lot of fun to watch you guys playing that these past couple summers. And I don't know what it is. Somehow I feel like every year you're you're still one of the better players on the team. Do you do you just get up for those games and why why do you think you're still able to be so competitive at that stage? I mean, I just love to do it. I love to play. I love to compete. Um, you know, I still work out with those guys like you said. I still play with with Buddy and Jimmy and 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 stay in shape. But, you know, when when we get out in between those lines, I like to compete. I'm not going to back down and um, and the biggest thing is that it's, I'm just confident in myself and my ability. You know, I know what I could do. I don't doubt myself. Um, you know, we go out there and miss shots and make mistakes. We just keep playing. You know, it's kind of the same stuff. I just try to tell these kids um, that, that I'm help. You know, help teaching and training and stuff like that. So, um, you know, you got to live by what you teach. So I just I just go out there and when I'm playing, I take pride in that. The the team that you're going to be a part of hopefully when we get it this summer it looks like one of the the better teams that you guys will have had what what do you kind of know about the I guess camaraderie amongst the the guys that are so far on the roster well everyone knows each other I mean if you played at Syracuse it's a family and regardless if you played in you know 1980s or, or 2010 you know guys know each other um, they respect one another it's a, it's a family it's a unique situation at Syracuse um, not all colleges have that. Um, so, and, and and now we have we have younger guys, we have younger legs, but then we have that mix of veteran leadership. You know, myself and Demetrius, guys who have been there. Um, and and I think we got a lot of versi- versatility uh, this year. You know, we got guys who are big, six ten, but they can run and shoot. Um, you know, play multiple positions, move around, get up and down the floor. So, and that's what the game is now, and especially the TBT. It's more small ball guys who could. Uh, do a little bit of everything, shoot, put it on the floor, and um, play multiple positions. So um, hopefully they have it. You know, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, hearing hearing what they're going to do and, and, you know, getting out there and competing. Yeah, I'm rooting for that too. That's going to be awesome if, if that happens this summer. What's one shot or play from your Syracuse career that you'd want to have back? 
one shot or play. I mean, I, I probably, it's probably tons that I want back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, one in particular is it was a half court shot by Cedric Jackson when they played for Cleveland State and they beat us. And he was oh, like yeah. a three fourth quarter shot. So that's, that's one shot I wish we could take back because we would have been undefeated in the non conference. And um, who knows what could have happened. You know, that was kind of just a, uh, I don't want to say fluke shot. It was, he made it, was it you know, clean. <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. So it was it was one shot that I always remember. We would have been, you know, whatever, 13 and 0 going into conference play. So, yeah. Is there a player that you've coached that kind of reminds you of yourself? Um, yeah, there's been players that I coached that are much more talented than me. Um, as far as mindset, I haven't really ran across a guy that really had that that type of mindset like I have. Like I I mean, you know, I'm not trying to brag on myself or anything. It's just you know, you got to have that killer mindset. That's really what separated me from, you know, when I was playing, you know, I wasn't the biggest or strongest or fastest, but, you know, I was going to go out there and try to rip your face off. You know what I mean? That's, that's just how I, um, you know, how I grew up playing the game. Um, and I really haven't come across guys like that. Um, you know, it's, I don't want to say guys are different nowadays, but they are, you know what I mean? You don't get a lot of those guys <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, but I mean, I've, there's some super talented guys, Elijah Hughes, Tyus Battle, um, and then the kid over in Detroit Mercy, Antoine Davis, he's, he's a super, super talented kid as well. So I've definitely seen some kids who, uh, will definitely play at the next level. All right, Diva, before we get to our next question, got to tell you about our favorite energy bars on the market, Built Bar. If you go to builtbar.com right now and use the promo code locked on. That'll get you $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. And also, got some more savings for you this week. Another $5 off just this week. If you go this week and get your first Built Bar box, you'll get $15 off it if you use the promo code Locked On. And they've got four new flavors this week. Peanut Butter Bananas now on the fold, Pineapple Upside Down Cake, Coconut Pecan Pie, and blueberry lemon. These bars are tasty, taste like a candy bar, and somehow they're healthy for you as well. So go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, and I'll get you $15 off your first box this week. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. What is the quickest way to get back on the bench when you're playing for Coach Beheim? Maybe a pet peeve of his that you know when you do it, like, oh, crap, I'm, I'm heading back to the bench. Don't run back on defense into the zone for bigs not rebounding and, and then just not putting the effort in. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. if you're and, – and that's like a for anything for a coach. You know, if you're not putting the effort in, we understand you're going to make mistakes, but – um, just to not put the effort in, it's it's unacceptable, and that'll definitely get you on the end of the bench, um, you know, with any coach. So we've seen you. You've bounced around with coaching, training, all that sort of stuff. W- what are your goals that you want to accomplish for the rest of your life? So, um, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a tough question, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
when you're on the um, spot. <laughs> I, right. I, I think for me, uh, I try to take it day by day. I definitely want to stick, um, you know, with basketball, whether it's co- another coaching opportunity opens up, you know, right now I've been looking into getting my own facility and, and doing trainings and camps and tournaments and, and things like that. And kind of, um, looking, looking to make it into something bigger as far as holding summer leagues and, um, you know, all type of different leagues and things like that. Um, you know, but in this basketball world, it's so small and you meet so many people, um, just like, you know, you know, me putting these videos out, um, I've got tons of people, different coaches reaching out, asking me to do different things, you know, just, um, speaking to their team or, you know, zoom workouts with their teams and things like that. So, um, you know, I think if I just stay putting positive things out, you know, um, continuing to teach the game, um, how I know how to do it, um, you know, opportunities will arise, but, you know, I just want to continue to, you know, pass on the knowledge that I've learned to these kids and, um, you know, hopefully they can do the same in return. Well, from that hard hitting question to the last dance, I don't know if you watched any of it, but what were your takeaways if you did? Oh, I loved it. I mean, you know, the greatest player of all time. I mean, we just, you know, touched upon it earlier, uh, you know, that killer instinct, that mindset, you know, like that dude was just like ultra competitive, you know what I mean? And he, he'll do anything to win. And I mean, that's the mindset you have to have out there when you're playing. I mean, that's the separator. There's, you know, at that level, there's so many talented guys, like what is the thing that's going to separate you from, you know, the next guy? And, um, obviously, Mike had it all, you know, the God's gifts and, you know, skills and everything. But um, his mental, his mentality was, you know, like no one else. You know, he wanted to rip your face off. He wanted to go out there and give you 50 and then let you know about it. You know what I mean? So it was awesome just really being able to see the behind the scenes stuff um, and, and what went into it, you know, the practices and, you know, when they're on the road trips and the Olympics and stuff like that. So I, I think it was an awesome documentary for sure. Don't tell that to Elijah Hughes that he's the greatest of all time, or otherwise you'll get in a little Twitter fight with him. Because I know he's been very adamant <laughs> yeah, about the whole LeBron thing. Yeah, that's the that's the new age of kids. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I get it. They grew up watching LeBron. I get it, and and he's one of the best ever too. But you know, I'm sticking with Mike. I'm with you. You mentioned your two daughters too. Are, are they active with sports, or, or do they have other interests? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they do cheerleading and my youngest is cheerleading and my oldest, she does softball and volleyball. So no, um, basketball at the moment, you know? So, I mean, they've, they've been around it so much, I guess they are just like, I want to do something else, but, um, whatever, you know, kind of keeps them active and, and doing stuff. And, uh, I think that's the biggest thing, whatever, um, they enjoy doing. That's, you know, what I'm going to support. Yeah, that, that was a good answer there. Uh, maybe they'll come around on, on basketball down the road. Uh, when you played right. overseas, I know you kind of bounced around and, and played in different areas. Was there one moment that was like the biggest culture shock from living overseas where you were like, whoa, like this is different than America? Well, Ukraine was unreal. Like that was, that was definitely different. Um, I think for me, the first place I went was New Zealand. So um the one culture shock was driving on the other side of the road it was, <laughs> yeah. it was the first first place i've been and i had to you know drive on the other side of the road i couldn't even you know you had to turn you know that it's a a long right and a short left you know what i mean so it's 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 opposite i just had to get get used to that it was definitely different but it ended up being um new zealand and australia are two of my favorite countries of all time. I mean, those are unbelievable countries to live in. Which country that you lived in had the best food? The best food. 
Um, man, they all had some pretty good. Like it, all of them have their have their great, you know, food. So I mean, I'd say I guess I'd say Australia probably. Australia had a mix of different food, but then Greece. I was in Greece and in uh, Turkey had good food. They all really had pretty good food. What's the go-to dish? The go-to dish in so my go-to dish in Greece was um, their bolognese. They had they okay. had a bolognese that was that was unbelievable. It was you know it sounds simple, but it was it's in Athens, Greece, and it was unbelievable. So that was it. That sounds good. Uh, what is your go-to dish from Syracuse, or maybe a restaurant that you miss from there? So I've I've been I've been vegan for almost three years. So wow. um, that that bolognese dish was back when I was eating, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, so so now um, you know I, I do a lot of cooking. I cook my own food. You know, it's all plant-based stuff. And um, they got a restaurant out here. Um, it's an Ethiopian restaurant on the uh, on the north side of Syracuse. Um, man, I forget the name of it, but it's it's unbelievable, man. And I you know I get takeout and I go there sometimes. Obviously, we can't right now. And the other spot would be Stronghearts. It's a it's a little vegan spot. Okay. Up yeah. here, but yeah. I do I do a lot of cooking, man. You know I I'm a I'm into that. So I like to you know eat clean, and a lot of the times you got to cook your food to to be able to do that. You know. What prompted you to go vegan? Um, so it was just, it was something, it, you know, I had back surgery and, um, I kind of wanted to, I couldn't do a lot. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna clean up my eating a little bit. And so slowly, but surely I kind of started to take stuff away. I start stopped eating like red meat and then, uh, you know, stopped eating, stopped eating chicken. And then I was just doing, uh, seafood, stopped eating that. And then I took out dairy, like no milk and eggs and stuff like and cheese. Um, and then I just kind of really got into the habit of, um, you know, making my own food and doing a lot of salads and, um, you know, you got to do your research because it's a whole different, uh, experience, man. Like, you know, you, you're used to eating this stuff for, you know, 27 years. Um, now it's like, damn, what do I eat? I don't know what to eat. You know what I mean? So it took a lot of, a, a lot of research and, um, uh, you know, sometimes I'd be like, damn, I'm hungry. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually helped me out, man. Like, uh, my energy and it's just, you know, I'm able to stay fit and, and, um, it took like all the inflammation out of my, um, like my, when my back, when I had my surgery, it really helped me with that and just my whole body period. So I'm really into that, uh, you know, holistic type of, uh, you know, I take herbs in the morning, drink my tea and, and, and do all that. So, I was just, it's kind of a, a change of pace of how, of how I was living my life a little bit. And, and it was, uh, it was good, man. It worked out and it kind of, um, uh, like I said, I've been doing it for three, four years and, um, it's good, man. I got into my little routine and I really like it. And good for you. I, uh, just ordered a five guys burger to the house. So I, I think we're on <laughs> different playing fields, but, um, hey, I'm looking forward to, to that. Own, man. To each his yeah. own. <laughs> Maybe maybe I'll come around later on. Um, on a different note, who are some of the more underrated players that you've been around at Syracuse, or maybe you played with? Uh, I think probably the most underrated player I've been around was Andy Routen. Um, just his knowledge of the game and his ability to do um, a lot of different things really good. Um, he was known as a shooter, but 
Um, he could pass the ball with the best of them. He could handle the ball really good, and he was a um, he was a sneaky defender. He was like I said, he had a high IQ, so he knew how to read the passing lanes, and um, he had good height and length to be able to get in there and make and uh, be disruptive on on passes and get in the passing lanes. So um, he was he was like I said, he was known as a shooter, but he was overall a, a complete player. He was he was a really really good player. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Who's the one guy that Beheim ripped into the most during your time there? Uh, it probably had to be Paul Harris. <laughs> I mean, Paul, Paul, he's just, you know, and, and, you know, coach would get on him, but sometimes, you know, Paul would do something. He'd be like, all right, man, you, you probably deserve that. You know what I mean? But, and, 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 and we all have, we all have, but Paul, again, Paul, um, he had a, a, a great career. You know what I mean? He, yeah, he right. continued to play. He continued to play through, you know, you know, all of that yelling and, um, you know, he never really let it um, get to him too much uh, where it affected his play. And, um, you know, kudos to him, man, because that's tough to do. A lot of guys, uh, they'll just shell up. And, and, you know, I've seen guys do it. I've seen guys just kind of go into a shell uh, when he gets on them. So um, if you're able to play through that, you're, you know, you got some pretty thick skin. What's one common misconception about the two three zone maybe something that people say they're working on when in reality it's something different um the, i think you know our zone it's a lot of different the rotations the, you know um being able to bump down when the ball goes into the high post you know uh, the forwards got to drop the guards get up to the shooters it's, you know it's it's always wherever the ball is you always got to be at a certain place you know what i mean it's not just Oh, I got this area or what it's, you know, guys are on the string. They got to know where to be. If, you know, if the ball's on the wing, the opposite forward, you got to be in a little bit, you know, to see that guy, you got to be talking and it's it's just a different zone, man. It's, it's, um, it's more than, than to what the eye sees, you know what I mean? So, um, and if you're a part of the Syracuse program, you, you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. All right, I'm I'm gonna flash it back to. Well, you can pick one one year of college. All right, you you get to you get to relive one night of college and, and just go out to and do whatever you want for a night. Who's the crew that's going out and where are you guys going? <laughs> um, so it'd probably be me and, and my roommate was uh, Ao. Okay. Um, so it'd probably be me, my man, me, AO. Does it have to be guys from the team or just guys doesn't have to be college? guys from the team? Anyone? Yeah. So me, AO. It was my man. His name was Ron, and then it'd probably be uh, Chris, Joe, and uh, who else would it be? Yeah, it'd probably. I mean, and then we and, and we'd probably meet a lot of guys there. So we all end up meeting anyway. But we'd probably go to Chuck. All Chuck's right. Was, Chuck. Well, Chuck's, Chuck's supposedly making spot. a comeback now. Chuck's was the spot, man. That the little yeah. alleyway down there. It was, uh, man. We had some good times in there. We had it was it was, yeah. We had some good times for sure. Tim and I got unlucky because we are probably going to be the only two classes 
that never got to experience Chucks. So for you as as a Chucks veteran, what what do we not understand about what this place was? Because you hear the legends about it all the time. I mean, it was just packed, man. It was it was you'd go in there and be shoulder to shoulder, and then <laughs> you know for, for for us, we'd be right to the front, boom, right to the you know sitting right at the bar, right. and then and then you just see you know you start lining them up for you. You know what I mean? So it was, it was unbelievable, man. And just uh, the music in there was your, your typical, you know, college music when, when people are having fun and having a few drinks, you know what I mean? And then uh, it was just cool, man. It was, it was, it was a good atmosphere. It was fun. It was, um, you know, it was your typical, you know, college bar, but um, for us, it was a little bit more, I guess. How often would you be in there and then maybe they're showing highlights of you guys and then there's a crowd that'll look to their left and boom, there's the guy that's on TV right now. Yeah, it was a, a couple of times we were in there like that. I remember um, either the night before or maybe we uh, coming back from an away game and we go there. Uh, I remember it a couple of times. It was cool and everybody would just be, yeah, just start you know, screaming and, and then point at you and they'd probably like, hey, you want a shot? You want a drink? And, you know, just it'd start going from there. So it was, yeah, it was awesome, man. It was uh, it was a cool experience to uh, to go to Syracuse. Yeah, that, I, I know just from my time there, I remember seeing that happen from time to time. Obviously, there's the Gillen shot, which was a big one. Um, but last question I got for you before we let you go Um I know about I've heard about these pickup games that you, you would play in with with some of the team managers. And I know Elijah played in them a little bit, too, when he was redshirting uh, and G-Mac. How intense were those games? It was intense. It was super intense. Me and G-Mac dominated. It was I mean, it, <laughs> we wouldn't let those. I've heard Elijah's the be, best, but I heard you're, you're right up there, too. It was well, I mean, you, if you want to ask who won more games, I mean, it was me and G-Mac. <laughs> We want to, we usually won every time. And so what, what's I mean, the you breakout? Ask, you could ask Elijah. What's the breakdown for the games? Oh, we played yeah. so many. I don't, I don't know. We, we got a lot more than they do. I know that. But like what, what are teams? <laughs> what, how, how does that whole thing work? So it'd be, it, it'd usually be me and GMAC and then we'd have three managers and then they'd, you know, they'd pick Elijah or it'd be Belby and then they'd have maybe a, a, another walk on and then a couple of managers. You know, okay. so it, we just always play it where me and GMAC were on the same team. And then you, you give you us whoever. You guys still got it. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. It was, it was fun, man. We we had fun doing that. Love it. All right, Devo, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it, man. And uh, looking forward to watching the rest of your career play out, whether it's coaching, training, whatnot. And uh, I'm sure we'll still see you a lot around this Orange program. Absolutely. Sounds good. I appreciate you guys having me. Now that was fun. Eric Devendorf, Syracuse legend, and he had some great stories for us, some great times with Devo, and we thank him so much. Hopefully going to have him on again next time. is probably going to come closer to when TBT gets going, so he can preview the basketball tournament with us. Really looking forward to our next conversation with Devo, but he's the man, and we loved having him on here on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. Tomorrow, we're going to get into some more football recruiting stuff, including a four-star defensive end who put Syracuse in his star-studded top six. Also, another linebacker spot may be opening up for Syracuse because one is entering into the transfer portal. So we will break down all of that and what it means on tomorrow's episode. So for Devo, for Tim, I'm Tyler. We will talk to you with some football recruiting tomorrow. 
NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.